Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day 19 of our 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign. Today, we're going to talk a little more in depth about fasting. Yesterday, we prayed, Lord, teach us how to pray. And today, he begins to do that. Prayer is powerful. We have to understand that the Bible calls Jesus the Lord of hosts. The word host represents all of the heavenly creatures, including the angelic armies of God. Therefore, Jesus is the head, the Lord over all the armies of heaven. But the Bible also says that because of what Christ did at Calvary, we have become joint heirs with Christ. Therefore, we are equal inheritors of all that he has, including his rank and his authority, making us literally generals over the armies of heaven. Which explains why our prayers have so much power and why the devil does everything that he can to prevent you from praying because your prayers, declarations, and decrees given by the leading and backed up by the power of the Holy Spirit of the living God literally command angel armies. They stand ready and waiting for you to release orders. No, God doesn't need our help. Yes, God can do it all on his own, but God has set things in order in a way that he means to train his children up in the small things that he would be able to trust them with the greater things of the kingdom. The Bible says that if you will be faithful in the little, he will make you ruler over much. Therefore, does he set the world in order that he would give us certain levels of authority and then step back to see if we will be faithful in these small things because he desires to make us ruler over much. The Bible says that those who overcome, those who walk in the authority by faith of what God has given us, will be seated with Christ in heavenly places. It says that they will rule and reign with him. But he will not trust us to rule and reign the greater things of the kingdom unless we have been faithful with the small things in this world. And your faithfulness to pray and participate in the war at hand is a major proving ground as to where you will be positioned in eternity. The devil does not fight anything in your life as hard as he fights your prayer time. He will distract. He will overwhelm. He will busy. He will burden. He will do everything that he can to keep you from praying. And that alone ought to be evident enough of its power against the kingdoms of hell. There is no service that the devil is going to fight as much as he fights the prayer meeting. Though he does fight preaching, he does fight the worship, he does fight the teaching, he fights the word, he fights the Bible study, he fights all of it. However, none of it does he fight as hard as the prayer meeting. He will do what he has to to keep you from praying. Because until you've prayed, the preaching, the singing, the teaching, the bringing others in, none of it has any power without prayer. Prayer is powerful, but you can take it up a notch. And today we're going to learn how to pray powerful, effectual prayers. Remember that the Bible says that Elijah was a man just like us, but yet he prayed fervently 
And we've already talked early on in the prayer campaign about righteousness and how it affects our prayer life. We've talked a little bit about God's will and praying within his will. These are all ways that we pray effective prayers. But there is one thing that will add power to your prayers, unlike anything you've experienced before, and that is fasting. Those who walk in powerful prayer lives walk in fasting. It is not something that we commonly like to hear because it is something that crucifies our flesh, that tells that old soul, that mind, that will and emotion, no, that puts the body into subjection. And of course, the flesh does not like that, but the spirit thrives in it. And there is power when you do it. it. Biblically, you could not separate the great men and women of God from prayer and fasting. Every godly character in the Bible is recorded as being one who fasts. Jesus himself made it very evident that the act of fasting was to be part of the Christian life as much as prayer was. In his instructions to his followers, he gave instructions on how to properly fast, but he didn't say if you fast or if you choose to fast or if you feel like fasting or those of you who I will call to fast. He said, when you fast to all those who believed on his name, he said, when you fast, because it is something that the spirit of God will lead you to do. And if you have never fasted, then it's because you've either just been saved or you're not listening because the spirit of the living God will call all at some point to fast. Part of Jesus's instructions on how we ought to fast was that you not make a show of it. Now, does that mean that we have to keep every fast a total secret? There is great power to secret fasting. Don't get me wrong, but the Bible does condone corporate fasting. Though every fast should be done by each person's personal conviction, no one should be forced to fast. But many times I have found that when God has called me to a fast, he has individually and privately also called many other people within my church or prayer group to the same fast. And that in noticing our avoidances of cert certain things, we've all began to realize that we've all been called to the same fast at the same time. God has called a corporate fast, at which point we may begin to discuss it. And then God will begin to reveal the reason or the warfare that is being waged in the prayers that are accompanying this particular fast. So God does call corporate fasting. We see it in scripture. He called Esther and the entire nation of Israel to fast. There were many times he called entire nations or entire armies or all of his people to fast together. So corporate and even public fasting is scriptural. However, what is the intent of the heart? Yesterday in our talks about prayer, we mentioned that motive matters. If your motive is to be seen of men, is to be looked upon, is for attention. If you want people to notice that you are fasting, then God says the attention alone is your reward and he will give you no more. He will not answer your prayer. Therefore, it is better to fast in a way that nobody can tell. And God will give you the grace, the strength, and the power to walk that thing out without being weak, without being faint, without drawing attention to yourself. In fact, I found that any time and every time I have fasted, I felt better and been healthier than when I was not. And no man need know unless the Lord himself reveal it to him. So having said that, I would say that by the very evidence that God has caused you to be hearing this today, that he may be calling you to a fast. So it's time for you to seek the Lord and ask him, Lord, if you are calling me to fast, then you show me what it is that you want me to give up 
and how long you want it to last. Biblically, there were many different fasts. There is no pattern to fasting. Some fasts were completely void of all food. Some were void of food and water. Some were restricted diets. Some they were only able to eat fruits and vegetables and nuts. There are many different kinds of fasts. Some people even fast things like social media, entertainment, and distractions. But the most important thing to remember is that when you fast, you must pray. Because fasting without prayer is just a diet. And it will do nothing for the kingdom of God, nor will you be given the grace to complete the fast. You must pray every day while you fast. And you know, many times God calls me to fast and I don't even know why, but I'm obedient to the fast that he gives me. But at the end of the time frame that he has given me to fast, there will be some great victory and I will realize this is what it was all about. There was a battle at hand and before I even realized what it was, he already had me preparing for war because Jesus himself said that some victories only come by prayer and fasting in Matthew 17 19 it says then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said why could not we cast him out the disciples had tried to cast demonic powers out of a boy and could not do it so they came to Jesus privately and asked him why it was that they could not cast these demonic powers out and Jesus said unto them because of your unbelief for verily I say unto you if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed ye shall say unto this mountain the mountain being representative of actually the demonic power that was possessing the boy you will say unto this mountain remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you howbeit this kind goeth not out except but by prayer and fasting some breakthroughs some victories some overcoming only comes by way of prayer and fasting in fact this is such a powerful truth that is so damaging and dangerous to the powers of hell that it has been completely removed from many modern translations proving the effectiveness of this weapon that the enemy would go to such lengths to keep it out of your arsenal so understand that Jesus is telling them that yes it takes faith but even if they had the faith they still could not have cast this one out because the only thing that will win this fight is prayer and fasting and we understand that Jesus's disciples did not fast because at one point the Pharisees came to Jesus and asked why do not your disciples fast like John the Baptist's do and Jesus replied that while the bridegroom was with them they had no need to fast, but once he would be gone, they would fast just like everybody else. Jesus made it very clear that from the point that he left until the point that he returns, prayer and fasting would be a normal, expected, and required part of every believer's life because it is a power that truly turns the tide of the fight Every turning point in the life and story of every biblical patriarch and major event in the Bible was marked by fasting. Even though these men and women of God had great faith, they still came to battles that required fasting. And in actuality, if you truly do have faith, it will drive you to fast because you will believe what Christ has said and what the Bible demonstrates. Remembering that Jesus said that even if you have the faith, but don't pray and fast, 
you won't be victorious because some of these demonic powers and principalities require both prayer and fasting to evict. We can look at the story of Daniel. We all know Daniel had great faith. Daniel faced the lion's den as a young boy. He had all faith and God walked with him and he stood in the midst of Babylon, in the midst of a perverse and wicked place and spoke the word of God with boldness and faith. Yet when he prayed to God for an answer, even he understood that there was a battle at play and in order to be victorious in this battle, he had to pray and fast. So he began a 21-day fast. Many people call it the Daniel fast. You can research it online if you desire. It's not a no-food fast. It's a restricted diet fast. It's a clean eating fast. And very interestingly, in the scripture, it says at the end of that 21 days, Michael, the archangel, came to him and he said, As soon as you prayed, God dispatched me with the answer. So Daniel in the earthly realm prays a prayer asking God, a question. Then God dispatches immediately from the heavenly realm, Michael, the archangel, with the answer. However, the angel tells Daniel, I was held up over Persia by the prince of Persia for 21 days. There was a battle in the heavenlies over the realm of Persia with the principality that ruled over Persia. Obviously not an earthly prince is able to hold up Michael, the archangel, but it was the principality, the demonic power that ruled over that region. Because what a people of a region come into agreement with, they give rule over them. You have no authority against that which you agree with. And the enemy is quite willing to rule in the authority that we relinquish. So when we're not standing in our authority, he will step in and take place, even though it's not his place. Until we were willing to put him in his place, he will usurp. And so therefore we see that Daniel's fasting and prayer aided in the heavenly battle that was taking place because this kind could only be cast out by prayer and fasting. And when he took authority against the things that were hindering the decrees and mandates of heaven, the angel was able to get through and bring that truth and that power to him. Again, God is all-powerful, and it does not have to be this way, but he has decreed it to be this way. He has created it to be this way because it is the training ground that he is using to train his children to rule in heavenly places. And it all comes by faith. If you will by faith seek the Lord, and by faith humble yourself to what he's telling you, and by faith walk in those decrees and mandates, and by faith fast and pray, then you will see the result, which is the grace and the power that brings the breakthrough and the victory, which proves that you had faith in the first place. There are many reasons why fasting amplifies the power of prayer, all of which we will never know this side of heaven. And even what we do understand, there's not time to get into in this prayer podcast, but I will give you one very quick reason. Many times in scriptures, for example, in Psalms 35, 13, the biblical patriarchs would say that they humbled themselves with fasting. In this Psalms, David is writing this and he says, but as for me, when they were sick, he was talking about his enemies actually who had come against him. He said, when they were sick, I put on clothes of sackcloth and humbled my soul with fasting. He was praying for those who had hurt him and hurt and persecuted him. And it says he humbled his soul with fasting. You see, you have to understand that in the Jewish culture and in the Bible itself, which means in reality, 
we are three-part beings because God is a three-part being, right? He is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three completely separate beings all working together as one. And therefore, we being created in the image or likeness of God are also three-part beings working together as one. We are, according to scripture, a body, a soul, and a spirit. Our physical body, we know what that is. That's what you can touch. That is the flesh itself, the mechanical part of our body. The spirit we understand is the breath that comes from God, that very spark of life itself. It's also our character. That's why often we talk about the spirit of Elijah. It's the character of the true prophet. In fact, Elijah asked Elijah if he could have a double portion of his spirit. He meant his character. And then we have a soul and the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotion. You see, the physical body is what was created from the dust of the earth. The spirit is what was breathed from the breath of God. But where spirit and flesh meet, a new thing is created, and that is the soul. Because the Bible says that God formed man from the dust of the earth, and then he breathed his breath into that man, and then he became a living soul. The Bible even says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword and is able to divide between even the soul and the spirit and is a discerner of what is in the heart and the intent of man. Because the soul is separate from the spirit and the soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's the thing that will lead you astray. It will tend more towards the flesh because it will say, this is what I want, this is what I think, and this is what I feel. But if you want to weaken the effect of the flesh on the soul, then you humble it. You crucify it. You mortify it. You tell it no. You put it in subjection. And fasting is a powerful way to do that so that the power of the spirit can come forth more strongly. And you will notice the first thing that happens when you begin to fast is that you can hear God more clearly than you ever have in your life. You will see things that you normally would not see. You will get answers that you normally would not get. It's like you have a direct connection to God. The veil has been removed. And this is very, very important because for the Bible to say that fasting is a way to humble yourself or to humble your soul means that it's also a way to increase in grace. And remember, we've said it before that grace is the favor, power, and influence of God manifested through us. It is literally the power of the Holy Spirit. The spirit is strengthened because the flesh is weakened. The Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives more grace unto the humble and if grace is God's power his influence and his favor and we want more of that power more of that direct influence of the Holy Spirit and more of that favor in our lives then we've got to humble ourselves it's the only way to get it and the Bible says that fasting is a quick and powerful way to do that it humbles the flesh it humbles our soul it puts the body into subjection Fasting is also a great exercise in understanding the way that faith, grace, and works all come together. Remember what I just said, that we are a three-part being. Look at what our physical bodies do. The grace is the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Spirit does. 
And the faith is something that our soul has to choose to willingly walk in. We have to choose to have faith, to lay down what I want, what I think, and what I feel, and have faith in God. It's the surrendering of our will for God's. It's God, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I'm taking on your will, and I'm putting mine aside. Fasting also does that. And it demonstrates the power of it in a way that you will not otherwise experience. The Lord showed me this and I'll share it with you because to me it's so powerful and so clear. Many times the Lord has called me and and other people within my church and prayer group to 40 day fast without food. And I have to be honest with you. I can't diet for three days. I don't have the willpower. I will cheat by day two if I make it that far. But when he calls me to fast. He supplies the power and the grace and I can easily go 40 days without eating anything at all and have more strength and more energy and feel great and look great and nobody can tell that I'm fasting because his grace, because if he's called you to it, he will empower you through it. But here's the thing. I have to choose to turn away from the food to start the process. You see, the word repent means to turn away. See, here's the problem. Many people continue in their sin and then say, oh, but grace will cover this. Grace has me. When that's not the meaning of grace at all. Grace is not an excuse to continue in sin. It's the power not to sin. You see, I have to choose to repent. I have to choose to turn away from the food. I can't continue to eat and say that, oh, by grace, I'm fasting. Grace covers me. That's not how it works. I have to choose by faith. To put the food down and turn away. That is the definition of repent. But once I do that, then the grace comes to empower me to walk in that fast with strength, with energy, with vigor, with power, with endurance. That no man might even know that I'm fasting. The grace gives me the strength and the ability to do the work, which is the fast, that I could not do in and of myself. That's why the Bible says that we're saved by grace through faith unto good works of which we were ordained from the beginning. God calls me to the fast. The fast is the work, but I cannot do the work in my own strength. But when I have faith in him that he will make it possible, though it is impossible and choose to turn away from what makes sense to me, he then gives me the power to do what cannot be done, but by his own hand. And once you've done it, You have all faith in it and no demon in hell can tell you otherwise because you understand the power of faith, grace, and works all working together, three parts as a whole, just like us, three parts as a whole, just like him, three parts as a whole. We'll talk a little more about humbling ourselves tomorrow because the Bible is very clear that the more we are humbled, the more grace, favor, power he will give us. And the church is in great deficit in the area of humility in many cases, in many places, which is why it's in a deficit in power and true grace in many places, which is why it has to replace it with lights, shows, entertainment, smoke machines, and big screens. We want to see the real power of the kingdom come back. Then we need the power of his grace. And it's going to come only from a place of humility which brings us back to our knees in prayer and fasting. So God, we pray today that you begin to reveal to each person individually 
according to their own convictions that you place in their heart and their spirit, Lord, that you would begin to show them what it is, that you would have them to fast if they are to be called to a fast, that you would show them what it is you would ask them to give up and for how long, Lord, and that you would remind them every day during this time period to pray, to come to you and to hear your word and to receive your instruction, that while their spirit is strengthened because their flesh is weakened, that they would take advantage of that season and draw closer to you and be used by you mightily in the in the battles at hand to overcome things by which they have been given command, Lord, that are so big and, and have hindered so many, Lord, but they have authority to stand just like Daniel did, David did, just like Moses did, just like Elijah did. Lord, if we will but believe, if we will just have the faith to trust what you have said and what you continue to say and to seek your face and to humble ourselves and walk in obedience, Lord, Even in the story of Nineveh, who was facing sure judgment, they put on sackcloth and ashes and they fasted, Lord, to show their humility, their reverence, their sincerity in the situation to prove to all of heaven and all of hell that they truly believed the word of the Lord that had been spoken and that they were taking it seriously. God, sometimes you just want us to prove by our actions that we believe what you have said. Even when you asked Abraham to go out and walk and that everywhere that his foot treaded, he would take the land. Lord, that was done by an act of expression of faith. It is the fruit of faith that what you have spoken into us has truly taken root in our heart. But that, that fasting would be a means that we might express to you that we truly believe what you say that we love people and that we are willing to take our place in this battle, that we are willing to go out and liberate the captive as you have commanded. Lord, that we believe what you said, that some go only by prayer and fasting and that we want to see that overcoming power because we want to be seated with you in heavenly places with all those who have overcome. We want to rule and reign with you, God, but we don't have to even wait until we get into heaven, Lord, because you've already given us certain authorities and powers and dominions, even here that we could begin to rule and reign if we would see how you have given us the tools to do it. It may not make sense to our carnal mind, but it makes perfect sense to you. And by faith, we trust you and walk in obedience with it. And oftentimes, once we step out in faith, then you will release the grace to accomplish the mission. And once the mission is accomplished, we look back and begin to see how all the pieces line up and understand, wow, you knew what you were doing. And I had no idea the scope of what you were using me in. But thank you, God. It was all you. It was all by you. It was all for you. And only you could have done what has been done. And by faith, we took our place in it. God, today we choose to get into position. Lord, I pray that you begin to reveal to us the weapons of our warfare, Lord, because the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not cornal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And we need to see some strongholds pulled down in the name of Jesus, Lord. So I pray that you begin to reveal to your people the power of the weapons of our warfare that you have given, though they don't make sense because they are not carnal. They are not of the flesh. They are absolutely spiritual but they are powerful. They can do more than any physical weapon in our hand could ever do. 
Because physical weapons in our hands cannot destroy the enemy. They can only destroy the man that it influences. But the spiritual weapons that you give us are able to defeat the enemy and save the man. God, we want to see souls saved. We want to see people delivered and set free. God, we want to see the enemy overcome. So I will believe and I will fast and I will pray and I will do what you say. And I will proclaim in faith and I will believe God and I pray that others will join me and I will not decree or mandate what it is that they must do. But Lord, I will trust you by the power of your spirit to reveal to them, to show them, to confirm to them that they would grab hold of what you are speaking because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you've got to speak that to them directly. But once he has spoken it to you, you've got to choose to believe it. Because Jesus said of the Pharisees that they had eyes, but they could not see and they had ears, but they could not hear. In other words, he was showing them and he was speaking to them, but they were not seeing it. They were not hearing it. They had blinded themselves. They had chosen to ignore the word of the Lord. And therefore, all they could do was stand in envy and ridicule those who had humbled themselves unto it and were therefore walking in the power in it. So God, there are some that might say fasting is legalistic. I say it is obedience because the word of God says that we ought to do it. Jesus himself said, when you fast, this is how you do it. Not if, when. And Jesus, if you said that some demonic powers are only able to be cast out through the power of prayer and fasting, and you have proven it and demonstrated it in your word. I believe it. Even if the stories did not validate that statement, I would still believe it because Jesus himself said it, and therefore I will walk in it. So Lord, I pray for revelation. I pray for wisdom. I pray for strength. I pray that they choose, Lord, by faith, that your grace might be poured out because then it stirs faith all the more. And Lord, it takes away that uncertainty and that fear of the enemy when we see the power of your grace. God, your word says that we are mighty battle axes in your hands that are meant to destroy kingdoms. It's the kingdoms of hell, Lord. It's the kingdoms that men have built up that stand in opposition to the word and will of your own kingdom. God, your kingdom is stronger. Your kingdom is power. Your kingdom is authority. But you are trying to raise up sons and daughters that are able to be used in that kingdom by giving us authorities and decrees within this kingdom that we have to first learn how to walk in. And so God, I humble myself. I humble my mind, my logic that says it doesn't make any sense. I humble my will that says, but I want to eat that. I humble my emotions that say I deserve to have that. And I come into submission to your word in the name of Jesus. And I say, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come and the enemies fall once and for all because that your people have believed and therefore were able to receive the victory. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, 
Be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.